Sun, beaches, and Latin-inspired flavors are what people around the world call their vacation paradise. We call it home. Welcome to the weekly podcast that captures it all, The Scoop on Miami. Let's discover and rediscover Miami together with Ernie Emad, a 54-year resident of the Magic City, and Miami native Lenny Rada on The Scoop on Miami. And now, here's Ernie Emad and Lady Rada. Welcome to the Scoop on Miami. Every Friday, we're live around one o'clock. Uh, around. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm Ernie Emad, the host and the broker owner of One Premier International, along with my co host. I'm Lady Rada, leading edge broker associate at Douglas Elliman. And welcome. We're so glad to have you along this week. It's episode number 11. We're almost into two months of the podcast, and we're very excited. Lainey, what do you have? Well, today we have all kinds of things. Very colorful show. So colorful people, colorful places. Absolutely. You're not kidding. Places to, to enjoy right here in our town. So we start every week with an inspirational quote. And let's go ahead and go with an inspirational quote this week from Lainey Rada. I'm talking, I'm going to say, we have a right to choose our attitude. And that's written by Viktor Frankl, who wrote a great book that you might want to read in these times. You know, that's an important book. That's a great quote because the only thing we don't have the right to choose is our parents. (laughs) Everything from there on, we um, get to choose, right? And uh, some of these choices are good and some are not bad. But uh, one of the inspirational quotes is, um, it's not a failure unless we learn from it. So learning from past mistakes and so forth is also very important. And then we go on to the Miami Rewind. But before we do that, how was your week? My week has been really exciting because I've been looking forward to this show because we have fantastic guests. We are. They contribute a lot to our city. They make a really big difference. And they really do. So we want, we want you to know all about them. And it's two sides of the spectrum mm-hmm. on today's show. So you're going to get a little bit about everything. Every week we go a little bit back and uh, learn something new about Miami. It's called the Miami Rewind segment with Lainey Rada. And we're going to take you back to when something started. Would you like a lead in into uh, today's Miami Rewind? Well, I think everything's connected here because of the neighborhood we're going to talk about and the medium. And then we talk to a person who's an expert at that. And then somebody else who started in this, in this neighborhood. So it's all together. And you'll see why. Just listen. Here's Miami Rewind with Lainey Rada. It's time to take a look back with Lainey Rada. With Lainey Rada. Miami, Miami Rewind. Today we talk about the place with the largest display of street art in the world. Locals will guess the name instantly. The neighborhood is named Wynwood, and it has been a unique place since the 1920s. It has always been colorful, but in different ways. It is bordered by Southwest 36th Street and Southwest 20th Streets. The oldest street in Miami, Northeast 2nd Avenue, runs through it. It was predominantly a Puerto Rican neighborhood. They came here to work on farms. It has a unique pre-Mediterranean and Belvedere bungalow architecture. In the late 50s, the Cuban seamstresses came to work in the garment warehouses. In the 90s, the South Koreans brought the industrial businesses. There was a Coca-Cola bottling plant, orange juice, Royal Crown Cola, and new grape soda. A middle school came along with auto shops, a shelter, and thrift stores. 
Little San Juan is north of 29th Street. A lady named Dorothy Quintana moved from New York and lived there over 100 years as the political neighborhood boss. Her house is across the street from the bakehouse. The earliest bilingual school opened there in 1960. It was a heavily Spanish-speaking neighborhood. San Juan Batista Roman Catholic Church is found there. The big park is named after the great baseball player Roberto Clemente. He died in a plane crash. The bakehouse was Merida Bakery, and in 1986, it transformed into a big art gallery like you enjoy it today. Back then, I was approached to lease the spaces, and I decided not to get involved because of the surrounding neighborhood. I have a slight regret about that. By the 1990s, the area had gangs and drug dealers, and a youth riot occurred. The bakehouse was the first wall art. The late, great Purvis Young's work can still be seen there. Then came the local personal collectors, the Rubels and Marty Margulies. They invested in huge warehouses for their extensive collections. They set the stage for Tony Goldman by the early 2000s. Goldman brought his success from South Beach and the area began to transform. Goldman opened the first restaurant, Joey's, which is still there. He passed away in 2012. Trying to bring people at nighttime was a challenge. I remember buying art and when it was ready to pick up, there was a shooting going on outside my car. Wynwood became one of the city's most happening districts. It is a free outdoor museum. Art Basel was the catalyst to bring maximum attention. Art Basel began in Miami Beach in 2002. I was drawn to the area. At the time, there were eight galleries. No one believes there were so few. I took anyone who would go with me and showed them around. The galleries were almost like a secret. You had to call from your car to gain entrance. It was so intriguing. When the famous graffiti artists started coming to paint the huge walls, the galleries grew to over 70. Things really changed a lot. A second Saturday gallery night took off and lasted for years. I have been documenting the area with photos ever since. The first week in December, Art Basel has satellite fairs and the most incredible crowds mingle in Wynwood. The artists are furiously making their impressions fresh every year. You can literally smell the paint in the air and sometimes get lucky enough to watch them at work on their lifts. The large buildings are the perfect canvas. This is something that really excites me. I go on my annual photo shoot safaris during Thanksgiving to capture the changes. This is not defacing property anymore. To name a few recognized artists, they are David Cho, Atomic, Chore Boogie, Lady Pink, Retina, Kenny Scharf, Aiko, Crave, Abstract, and Shepherd Fairy. The work is awe-inspiring. The details and the scale are impressive, evolving with fantasy-inspired subject matter and abstract shapes. The artists are now encouraged to paint, commissioned, and generously financed. The warehouse and bottling plants have become craft breweries, bakeries with lines outside, chic clothing stores, stylish bistros, and late-night bars. The blue-striped Derisa building, where I got my fancy dresses as a kid, is still there. The place swarms with locals and tourists alike. It has the best photo opportunities. This business improvement district continues to reinvent itself. The old and the new are side by side. The development and investment of the wealthy has kept the area alive, but rents have soared, so it has displaced many of the early artists and gallerists who gave this new life. 
it is still a must-see destination with something for everyone. That's the scoop. Winwood. <laughs> Imagine had you um, taken up on all those rentals. Oh, because it's it's so nice because it's still there. It's all full of artist studios. It's great. I, absolutely, it's a great place to go, and it's a great place to see people, and it's a it's I, a really a fabulous place. Is uh, I've always the, loved it. <laughs> the beach got too expensive, right? And uh, all the beautiful people went to Winwood, and everybody follows. Follow the artists. That's absolutely correct. Now we have a great. Um, segment coming up, and I know that you're all going to be excited about it. Lainey, introduce our next guest. Try not to get as excited as I am, but <laughs> uh, we we are going to be talking to Atomic. He is a hundred percent Miami artist. He has eighty six thousand plus followers on Instagram. He's a trained graphic design artist, and he's a big name with a big spray painted smile on the art scene for the past twenty years. You know you're in Miami when you see his iconic giant smiling oranges. They come in all colors and have big white teeth or gold teeth or sometimes a chip tooth. I love to see when he wears his kicks and his head has fun leaves and a stem and he always looks like he's going to turn and wink at you. So we're introducing him right now. Hi, Atomic. Are you there? Yes. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Great to hear you. Same here. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, of course. It wouldn't be Miami without you. <laughs> You're not kidding. Um, I wanted to ask you how you began your career. Well, I've always been into art since grade school. And um, I studied graphic design after high school. And um, that kind of kept me in touch with my, um, with my artistic talent of uh, spray painting. That, that, do you think it's, uh, is it something that you feel compelled to do? Do you want to do it all the time? Do you just always looking for some place to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm very, um, involved in my, in my craft of, of spray painting murals. It's, it's almost something that I have to do <laughs> every day or every other day. Wow. That's a lot. That's more than I thought. How, yeah. how did you get your name Atomic? One of my friends gave me the, the tag, Adam, A-T-O-M, and um, there was a few other artists using that uh, name or moniker, mm. and I uh, added on the I-C or the I-K and, uh, and changed it to Atomic. Oh, great. I think it's, I think it's a good name. Do you, I, I guess you like it since you decided to keep it up. <laughs> I do like the name, yes. Yeah, it's explosive. <laughs> Can you talk about the MSG crew? Yes, MSG crew is um, a great collective of artists from South Florida that started in 1994, 1995. And um, I, I would say that I'm second or third generation of the crew. There was uh, several waves of artists that came before me and established the name and the, the quality and the the overall message from the crew mm -hmm. and um now there's there's probably i'd say two dozen or three dozen active working artists or um members in the the crew or the collective mm -hmm. and um it, it's great if you if you look us up um you'll see a, a wide variety and array of, of different styles and techniques and talents that uh 
story, uh, paint, and do all sorts of different mediums. Oh, great. Okay. I wanted to, I really, really want to know, how did you get inspired to make this orange? The orange inspiration came from the Miami Orange Bowl from the demolition in mm. 2007, and they completed it in 2008. And I used to go to the stadium as a, a young child and then a young adult, and um, I wasn't necessarily thrilled that they were demolishing it and um, just doing away with 70 plus years of history. So it was a memorial to the Miami Orange Bowl, which was a football stadium in, in Little Havana, just east of, uh, or just west of downtown Miami. Mm-hmm. And we all and know the what orange we placed was it. the mascot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Per- got it's perfect. Placed over there in Miami Gardens. Yeah. Or now there's actually a, a baseball stadium there, the Marlins ballpark. But the, mascot of the orange bowl was a character named obi obie and um that's where i drew my inspiration from the second version of obi there's a, a first version that they used early on and then the second version is where i uh, was directly inspired for my character oh that's so exciting we talked about the orange bowl recently because of don shula passing so that's this a perfect fit um uh, so does, uh, you know, this orange is just as prevalent in Miami as palm trees. I was wondering um, if he has a name. So do you, call, I mean, even though he's inspired by Obi, does, do you call him something? No, the orange doesn't have a name. If, <laughs> okay. if it was to be named something, it would just be under my artist name. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any yeah. idea how many of them you have painted? I would say uh, 5,000 more or less. I, I could be way off, but um, <laughs> I counted maybe five to seven years ago and it was around 2,500. And oh. I, I think that I've painted quite a few of them. They're so great. You know, with 86,000 followers, <laughs> I'm sure it's a great contest to name uh, the orange. <laughs> For sure. Many people tell me that they, oh. they go to Wynwood or they drive around the, the city and play the game of uh, find atomic or find the orange or <laughs> almost fabulous. like a where's Waldo, but huh. yeah. Interesting. Yes, because they are in really unique places. Um, I, what, um, I was, I was wondering if that, you know, because it, it's like incredible to me, they're so high and low and they're like in an alley. They're, they're all over the place, which is something that I love about it. And I wondered if there's a story about, you know, if you ever gotten caught or, you know, because he pops up so many places, I can imagine you crawling into these, these uh, forbidden places. Yes. I've, I've been caught several times, unfortunately. <laughs> and it should be noted that before I was painting the orange, I was, uh, doing graffiti and tagging and, and committing the, the crime of vandalism and also, you know, trespassing and what have you. So I, I carried that into my, uh, my practice of, of painting this orange all over the city and all over the world. And, um, it, for me, it's, um, it's interesting to find unique spots and, and hard to reach areas and highly visible surfaces to paint in. This is very obvious. <laughs> and and how, what other countries has he found? I've I've been to um a lot of countries. I could just list them off. I've um been to Spain and Italy and Holland. I've been to England and um Germany, Portugal, um 
let's see, uh, I've been to Turkey, I've been to Israel, I've been to Japan and Thailand, South Korea and Hong Kong, I've been to Australia and Africa and uh, I've been to Brazil and were these um, commissioned? Were these actually commissioned? No, 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 only I, I would say that like really only two of the times that I've traveled have been uh, paid for. Okay. And um, I, I do this all out of my own pocket. You know, I'm basically um, hooked on traveling and, and painting the world. So <laughs> I've, I've probably painted in over 35 different countries. Wow. That's great. Yeah, that so there's orange. I would be so excited if I, when I go somewhere else and I see that orange. I can see you just getting through uh, TSA with all of those paint, uh, cans of paint. <laughs> well, actually, they, they don't allow you anymore. Before 9-11, I used to um, fly with spray paint. But now if you do fly with spray paint, there is a chance that you'll, um, you'll get the, the materials revoked. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And what, 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 uh, obviously you, you say that you're self-funded even on these trips and what other larger murals, um, or works do you have around town? Uh, I know the Hollywood and little Havana signs, but what other large projects have you done? You know, I've, I've been painting a lot of large pieces recently. Um, in December, someone gave me a hundred gallons of, uh, latex safety orange, uh, paint mm. and I've been using, yeah, I've been, I've been using the roller and the extender arm a lot now where as before I would only use spray paint to do my pieces. So, um, they're, they're spread around mostly in, in the city of Miami. Um, but, um, I have one on, on Wynwood factories, the nightclub in, in, uh, Wynwood on the train tracks facing East. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's my tallest piece. I want to say it's three stories high. I know and, that's the um, one he has his kicks on, isn't it? Yes. He's, yes. he's definitely sporting Nike shoes. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that one. Hey, just do it. He's Thank just you. my favorite. I don't know what it is. I just like to see his little legs. <laughs> let For me, sure. Atomic, let me ask you, what is your favorite medium to work with? I noticed that I found objects, but also uh, some huge ones. Um, what exactly is your favorite? Um, I prefer to use spray paint. And, um, I enjoy painting on all different surfaces. Um, I, I like to paint on metal and concrete and wood and, um, any surface really that will, will hold the paint glasses is really fun to paint on. Um, I, I find myself painting on a lot of freight trains. That's, um, fun for me because uh, the work travels. It doesn't just stay. Oh, put. yes. It can go from the U S and the Canada and uh, South and the Mexico. So oh, that's perfect. pretty interesting to do. It is. I yeah. would never think that would be why. That's wow. great. That is great. Um, let me ask you a two-part question. What is your favorite? What has been your favorite project? And uh, what do you like to do on your spare time? My favorite project, I would have to say, is my my last uh, major collaboration. It was with a streetwear brand based out of Japan called Extra Large, and they produced a, a variety of uh, garment, and um, there were some. Uh, basketballs that they made and um it was it was really fun to work with them and and have my work on um collaboration with their brand and um on my spare time i pretty much um paint as much as possible because now i'm a a father of two and Mm. 
when I'm not watching my children, I um I go out and, and paint. <laughs> How old are they? My son is about to turn three in July, and my daughter just turned one in March. Oh, uh, beautiful. Really enjoy yeah. them because time flies. I can remember my daughters that are now 29 and uh, 25 years of age, and time really flies. For sure. Name your favorite writers. You can go long on this one. Ooh, my favorite writers. <laughs> I would have to say um, there's a, a writer that I grew up seeing in Miami that um, his tag is Ease, E-A-S-E. And um, he painted a lot down here when I was growing up. And um, he's, he's definitely an influence because now he's a successful uh, artist, fine artist, contemporary artist. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, a lot of influences from, uh, from growing up here in Miami. I would say one is a theme from the Wynwood area. Another one would be Freak. He's, uh, I want to say, from the Westchester area. Um, freak? There's, there's, yeah, Freak, F-R-E-E-K. He's from a, a crew called Dam Crew, D-A-M. Mm -hmm. um, very, very talented artist. Um, I have so many influences. I could I could definitely um, mm -hmm. go on and on about them on a, on a world level. I, I like uh, Cause. Cause is killing yes. it. He's from New Jersey. He's, mm -hmm. you know, flying blimps in the Macy's Day Parade and doing all sorts of uh, incredible, humongous sculptures. That mm -hmm. would definitely be someone that I, I look up to. I would say that the Brazilian twins from Sao Paulo, Os Germanos, they're um, very talented. Um, you should look up Odif from Portugal. The work that this guy paints, it's, it's incredible. His uh, tag or his artist name is Odith. It's O-D-I-E-T-H. And um, they're optical illusions. He usually paints in corners or on um, weird surfaces. And um, it's incredible, the work that he paints. Um, I would say Daniel Arsham. I grew up with him. He's a, a very great artist now that doesn't so much uh, do graffiti anymore, but has gone into the contemporary and sculpture. And he's making great work. Um, I have, you know, a lot of influences. <laughs> of Space course. Invader from, from Paris. He's, he's incredible. I have oh, yes. one of his mosaics that I, I cherish that piece. And He's, re yeah, he's I mean, related I to on on. somebody. Who's he related to? Another famous artist. I'm not quite sure who Space Invader is related to. Okay. Um, I've heard he's, that. He's definitely up there. Yeah, he's, he's up there with like, you know, Banksy. Yes, and I know. All these uh, very popular artists. And his things are in a really unusual place all the time, just like yours. Correct. Yeah. And he, he uses tiles. It should be noted mm -hmm. that he uses tiles to mm -hmm. create his, his pieces, not, uh, not paint. Right. Yep. I, I always think uh, it's great where he finds a place to put them. They can be really small, so you have to really look for them, right? Yeah. A lot of them get removed also. Above. Mm. I went to paint an abandoned building on Biscayne Boulevard, and uh, when I got on top of the roof, I was about to paint and realized that I was stepping on tiles that um, had been had been removed oh. from the property owner in an effort to you know sell the property, mm -hmm. which is now like developed they built a huge high rise there and um yeah so I, I was stepping on these tiles and immediately it clicked that i was you know standing on a space invader i remembered him wow. placing a piece up there and i put all the tiles in my bag and then recreated it at my house wow. and framed it got a friend to frame it yes 
definitely my my favorite piece of art in my collection. Yeah, and a great find for sure. Yeah, that's better than those people that find a rare painting at Salvation Army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for right, sure. it's right up there in the value. I know that. Um, how can people, that's great to know. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And I'm sure they love that, that you, you know, gave them props. How can people reach you to buy your work? What, what kind of things are available to purchase? Um, the best way to contact me is through Instagram, uh, at Atomico, it's A-T-O-M-I-K-O. And, um, there's a link to my website there and you could send me a direct message or, or send me an email or. Um, I can, just, I can, tes- I can do a testimonial that it worked for me. <laughs> that's how I, awesome. found, that's how I got you. You know, I wonder <laughs> how many celebrities in Miami would love to be oranged, meaning kind of convert them into an orange piece, um, where it still has the characteristics of their face and so forth. And it has your atomic, uh, touch to it and, uh, do some kind of fundraising. Um, and you probably a lot of celebrities would, would be willing to do something like that. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. And and what other things can, where, you know, like where can people buy things? Because I've seen your work on art sites, but I know that's probably more profitable to go directly to you. Right. Yeah. On my, on my website, Adam Atomic, okay. there's a, a link to my shop okay. and um, I, I have a few pieces up there mm-hmm. for sale and I always have uh, sticker packs and little yes you know, air fresheners or pins or t-shirts or merchandise that you could pick up. And, um, another way is just to go to an exhibit or go to a, an art show that I have mm-hmm. a piece in and, you know, buy it through the gallery. Well, I like how you make special pieces for when they're, when you are at those places, because they're unique, like you have your spray cans or, you know, you're, you'll have a different kind of sticker that you can't get somewhere else. And I saw your new stickers. They're great. They're big. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us? No, just uh, stay positive in these <laughs> crazy times. And thank you for uh, for having me on the show. I appreciate you guys. Oh, it's just, I just can't thank you enough. This is very exciting. And I've, I just love talking to you and being able to. We're just happy to broadcast your business for you. And we're very honored that you came on. Yeah. Absolutely. And you make, you make everything better here in Miami because nobody can go buy those oranges without being happy. Absolutely. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you, Atomic. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You have a great day. Bye. All right. Hey, that was a beautiful segment, huh? Yes, it was really fun to talk to him that you always get more information because you don't get to talk to them um, if you just ran. First of all, no one knows what they look like for the most part for Mm -hmm. all the graffiti artists. And then also, um, if they're busy painting, you can't climb up at the top of the building and talk to them. So you don't have a lot of access to them. They're hard to come by. So that was really special. And it that's why I ended up talking about Winwood today. Yeah, that was that was Goes beautiful. Together. It was a very good tie-in. Absolutely. Hey, look, when we come back, we we're gonna have Oh Miami on, correct? Yes. yes. And Laney Rada's 305's hidden treasures still to come. Stay with us here on the Scoop on Miami. 
Still to come on The Scoop on Miami is the 305's hidden treasure. Still considering coming on our show? Hear what our guests have to say about us. Hi, good afternoon. First of all, I just want to start by saying that that was a beautiful segment. Uh, Very well done. Uh, Thank you. Very, very nice and very active. Thank you so much for celebrating the ball and chain and highlighting (laughs) Thank you uh, so much. The Cayocho story. Uh, Bernie and Laney, I just want to thank you guys for everything you're doing for the community and the podcast. I know uh, it, it's just a fantastic job that you guys are doing. And I know that you're doing this right out of the bottom of your heart to promote a small business and, and uh, you know, Miami business and Miami in general. And uh, it, it's such a uh, wonderful, it's so wonderful to be here with you today. I mean, here you are doing all this and never once have you come up to me or any of the, I guess, all the other people and asked for anything. You're just doing it uh, for the community to get out there, to get the YouTube channel going. And it's, it's just fantastic work. So thank you so much. I'm Lainey Rada, a leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. I have over 35 years of experience in market cycles to bring to every transaction, and I'm still alive. When you want to see how I sell 85% of my listings and the average agent sells 40%, we need to talk. I break records, the fastest sale, the most offers, the highest price per square foot. Which one do we want to accomplish? My company includes superior quality marketing to enhance your property and the worldwide exposure, which matters in Miami. If you want to buy, I'm a Miami native. I know the area extremely well. Put my negotiating skills to work. I'm the only Laney Rada in the world, so it's easy to find me. But I'll help you. My phone number is 305-710-8558. That's 305-710-8558. Let's set up a time to talk. There's no other South Florida artist that is 100% Miami as the iconic Atomic. With over 86,000 Instagram followers, when you see his iconic giant smiling oranges, you know you're in Miami. A trained graphic designer and a big name in the Miami art scene and a graffiti legend as part of the infamous MSG crew. Whether you're in Wynwood, Hollywood, Little Havana, or traveling the world, when you see a colorful orange with big white teeth or even a gold one, it says Miami. And just staring at one of these magnificent works of art, you get a feeling the orange is going to turn and wink, bringing smiles to millions that visit, live, and love Miami. Atomic is iconic Miami. Visit AdamAtomic.com or follow him on Instagram at Atomico. We're back with more of The Scoop on Miami. Find our podcast on iTunes and on YouTube as a video. Our Facebook page and thescooponmiami.com. While there, don't forget to subscribe, share, and like our podcast channel. And now, here's Ernie Enak and Lainey Rada. All right, welcome back to The Scoop on Miami, live at Scoop on Miami on Facebook. It'll be turned into a podcast later today. You can uh, catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you go to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to share, like, and we'd love to hear your comments. Yes, definitely. So uh, before we introduce our guest, I wanted to just give you a sample of an experience that I had with their group with Oh Miami. Um, the first time that I encountered them was actually in Wynwood, 
And they had set up on a second Saturday gallery night, just uh, old fashioned royal typewriters in the street. And you just went up to them and they made up something right on the spot. So I have saved this poem, which is with the little old fashioned typewriter keys that's so special on a little piece of paper for about 10 years. And so I wanted to share that um, here before we introduce their whole organization, which is, I think, just fantastic. So they took a look at you? And wrote a poem. Mm -hmm. Take a listen to this. <laughs> and then... Uh... Fishnet stockings. Spiderless web. High tension lines crossed. Electricity released up the leg. Dead ending in you know where. They're like a kind of jail you want to get stuck in. A trap thrown on the willing. A maze with no monster at the center. Just a treat. The whole of human history can't compare to the stories in one pair well-worn. Do you doubt that women rule the world? Unfocus your eyes and stare into the pattern. Written by PSC. That was beautiful, Lainey. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a keeper. You're not kidding. So now we are going to introduce our next guest on this segment. Melody Santiago is a managing editor of Oh Miami. It's a unique creative focus on the written word, which began in 2008. They had lectures and they were called University of Wynwood, which is their actual name, but they're not a school. Oh Miami is the name we know them by today. They built a community by reimagining and documenting Miami through literature. On the telephone right now is Melody Santiago. Good afternoon. Hello there. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are so pleased to have you here. And uh, obviously, Lainey and you guys go back a long way. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that uh, poem. It's uh, always so satisfying to see that people hold on to these things and and all the archives of the, the Miami poetry that's created as a result of um, the University of Wynwood days and, of course, the O Miami Poetry Festival. So thank you. Melody, let me ask you, how long have you been involved with O Miami? And what is your creative contribution? And uh, what drew you to it? Mm -hmm. So I came on board in 2013. It's been now um, seven and a half years. And I joined the org um, that at the time was Teensy. It was just uh, our founder and executive director, P. Scott Cunningham, and then myself um, as operations. And I eventually evolved into um, managing director. And now I'm supporting with um, development and communications. And um, I think this is similar in, in, in most small orgs and, and passion projects. Everyone does a little bit of everything, um, but I primarily support with um, programs and um, community relationships and development and just sort of having an opportunity to expand this, this fun hyper Miami experiment. Absolutely. And, and what drew me in mm -hmm. was, um, first of all, the name I, at the time, um, the sort of leading name was University of Wynwood, and, and that just was so um, curious to me. And, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> and so this 
nonprofit, non-accredited university that was doing community programs and, and these pop-up poetry, poet-to-order um, engagements all throughout the city. I think that's what really drew me in. It felt like this was an org and, and, it, and a social project that was taking a lot of risk. And, and I was eager to do something that challenged Miami and, and took advantage of um, the voice and, and tone of this city. Um, let me ask you, unfortunately, the annual huge event that you have in April, um, the April O Poetry Festival got uh, lost in this uh, quarantine that we have. And what up- upcoming plans do you have in place now? And uh, what is the mission statement of the organization? Sure. Well, um, so we, we produce this poetry festival that runs the full length of April, April 1st to 30th, um, which coincides with National Poetry Month. And so COVID-19 struck us at a, at a pretty crucial time. I and mean, we were about to unveil the full festival calendar because we do um, an average of about 40 plus events and 25 special projects um, during that, that time period. And so we decided to cancel all in-person programming um, in mid-March um, to safeguard our staff and, and and to be sensitive to what was going on. And so we had two weeks to plan the Oh Miami online poetry festival. And so we scraped together all the resources and tried to redirect as much as we could that was already sort of in place um, to engage virtually with folks. Um, And so we were able to manage um, a distance festival over the course of the 30 days that included workshops, readings, um, video engagements and programming um, still tailored to Miami audience in English, Spanish, Creole, and even in some cases, French. Um, and where possible, we, we tried to honor the commitments and the um, agreements we had with existing artists and, and community orgs in Miami. And so we were able to sort of roll those into the online festival. And those experiences or projects that need to be in person, whether it's public art or, um, you know, something that, that you can't necessarily translate to a Zoom screen. We're just going to roll it into either our fall programming or for um, next year's festival. Um, so, I mean, it, it was successful in, in our attempt to still bridge the gap to our audience and, and our communities. And what the pivot to doing everything online enabled was that um, whereas our festival is hyper Miami and it only happens in Miami Dade County in that 30 days, um, through the online, we were able to have people tune in from over 51 different communities outside wow. of Miami. And we were able to tap into Miami expats, folks that knew us, have loved us, but now live in, you know, all different cities and throughout this, uh, country and, and abroad. So, um, and with that, that we, we definitely have a full into. schedule. Yeah, great. You can, take my, you can take people out of Miami, but you can't take Miami out of the people. A hundred percent. And our mission statement, mm-hmm. um, so we're, so poetry is in our name. The O Miami is, it's the Odic address. And, and our aim is really to build community um, and forge connections and, and break barriers through um, poetry and placemaking, um, and we collaborate with artists and citizens to create and amplify all the rich voices of this city. Um, we consider ourselves a Miami festival first, 
and then poetry. So we use poetry as a way to foster change and, um, Interesting. Paint a, a fuller picture of the city and, and hopefully make a more equitable future through um, just communication. How many projects and events are uh, do you have a year um, uh, on a regular basis? So um, we starts off as just being an April-based festival. And, and we would sprinkle a gate engagements here and, and there. Um, but we've been able to expand both our partnerships, our, our, um, our team. And so year round, it's, we're clocking in at almost 80 to over a hundred programs in the course of, of a calendar year, because the, the Oh Miami Poetry Festival is still sort of the, the high watermark for us of, of programming and reaching and, and, um, you know, in one fell swoop in April, we can have over 60 events sometimes. Um, but now we've expanded to, to being um, involved in the community in classrooms, through the prison system, um, and in support of um, the Miami-Dade School District and working um, in classrooms and with teachers. So it's yeah, we do a lot with it with a small group. We kind of consider ourselves to be like a prime example of, of small and mighty. <laughs> yeah, that is that, that is incredible. Um, absolutely. Uh, let me ask you uh, one more question here before I turn it over to uh, uh, Lainey. The projects involve so many different types and ages of people. Um, from recipes to love letters, and if uh, uh, toasters could talk, uh, from elementary schools, like you said, to prisons, and um, you, you've created as many as 80 functions per year. That is, uh, how many people are involved with O Miami to make all of this happen? Um, our core staff is about five, and <laughs> Thankfully, I mean, I, I don't think we'd have been able to survive when it was just um, Scott and myself. And, and we have an amazing team of um, Caroline Cabrera, who works with us to expand and teach our poetry programs in the classroom and expand our education. We have an amazing uh, project coordinator and um, video editor and storyteller named Melissa Gomez who's joined us now, um, it's been almost two years to really kind of expand our reach in the digital platforms through video. Um, we have an amazing grant writer, Amlancio Paradella, and he's been with us for years to, to help with our sustainability. So the core is five people, but everyone does everything. I mean, this is truly a, a passion project, but um, the festival itself and, and a lot of the organization it's community driven and it's crowdsourced. So we don't come up with all these ideas ourselves. We have an open call for, for projects that we call, you know, the, the RFP happens in the summer and we cast a really wide net from elementary school students to um, mid-career artists to cultural institutions throughout Miami, international artists to submit ideas that match our mission. Um, and so if they have an idea that, either expands the definition of poetry or can bring poetry to a really specific audience in Miami-Dade County, then we'll work with them to bring that to life. So um, it's, you know, we're really lucky that it's the city's festival and, and, and it is bigger than 
any five people could ever make it because so there are so many outside contributors. Which of these events run the longest and what are the submission deadlines? Mm-hmm. Um, so the festival has been going on since 2011. That's probably our, our longest ongoing program that has like, the widest reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, outside of Old Miami, we have a publishing in print called Highlight Books. So oh, yes. we publish um, two, you know, it, what, between one to three books annually that um, we feel either captures a voice or a spirit of this city or you know, elevates a certain genre that um, we feel needs to be told and produced in Miami. Um, and then our poetry in schools program, which we call Sunroom, I think is the most to me like um, touching program in, in that it's been able, it's enabled us to be in the classroom and elevate the voices of, of young third and fourth grade students. But the work created in that program and in those classrooms enables us to put poetry in public space throughout the city. Mm-hmm. And so when you're thinking of reach, some of these projects, it's their permanent art um, pieces mm-hmm. embedded throughout Miami. So the longevity of them is, is much longer than just Oh, one day in a classroom. Yes, and I just love that project. And I, I really wanted to know um, how, you know, if it was ongoing and look at what a difference it makes. I don't think anybody has missed the poems to the sky, you know, that's unforgettable. <laughs> that To have that, uh, I, I think we had an image of the rooftop because um, we have a live part also. Um, but, you know, to have 650 planes fly over and all the people that contributed with 310 gallons of paint to put the words to those two kids, a third grader and a fourth grader on top of a building, I, 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 that has to be something that changed those kids' lives. Yeah, it, it's one of our favorite projects for a, you know, a million reasons. But the fact that you have the, these words, these 40-foot-high letters, um, just facing the sky along a flight path mm-hmm. enables hundreds and hundreds of people every week mm-hmm. to see it. And what's beautiful is that, um, especially in, in the strategic locations in which we found partners to help us um, feature these poems, um, they get a lot of traction. And in, for instance, the FIU parking lot, the FIU South Campus, mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's on the parking garage, um, and they agreed to keep and, and refresh the poem up in perpetuity. So our goal, I mean, my, my true wish would be for, um, Taiwan Williams, who was a fourth grader at the time of, of writing the poem and and that we presented it on the rooftop to hopefully he'll be able to attend FIU and and have his poem there. And, and, you know, that, that mark of pride, um, but the whistle piece, I can't tell you oh how many gosh. times a month people, drone operators, yes. are always, you know, covering Wynwood and we get tagged like internationally in, in people seeing that um, to circulate through through media. I don't so. think anybody would ever guess a third grader wrote that. I think it's so fantastic. <laughs> I just love it. And of course, it's the two things that don't go together, Miami and snow. It's, all, it's only <laughs> snowed here one time as long as I've, uh, since I was born. I was here. I could remember 
the few seconds it stayed on the grass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have very notable supporters and excellent press coverage. Most of your events are free and for all ages. Do you have a you know, you know, can you tell us the podcast, website, newsletters, whatever, anybody can connect with you? Absolutely. Um, so our website is ohmiami.org, um, and that's where you can access uh, all the upcoming events, projects, um, like Toasters that Talk and learn about the Sunroom. Um, and we have piloted a, a podcast ourselves called Now That We're Friends which is available on all podcast platforms. And um, that's a really fun project for us where we have poets and writers um, analyze uh, problems submitted from the community and questions, and they'll answer them with recommendations for films, poems, books to read. And and we also have... um, our Instagram, which is at Oh Miami Festival, mm-hmm. and the Instagram I think is where you can probably access the most um, current information of what's going on, pictures of of, of programs. And just this afternoon, I uh, we released our festival recap, so you get to see oh, right. an infographic of um, the overview of, of this last. Miami online festival. I love that you reached 51 uh, communities and all those expats. That's fantastic for you guys. <laughs> and um, how else? I know that I learned that if you volunteer, that's a great way to get involved. But how else can the public support you? So volunteering is definitely the, the bedrock of, of any nonprofit um, is just having support from the community. Um, but we're also, you know, we are a 501c3. We accept donations, um, both programmatic and, and, and for the, our sunroom program and, um, all the information to support us is available at omiami.org. And, um, the, I would say one of the easiest way to support is, is word of mouth. And, and that's how this ha- has grown exponentially over the years is people attending an event, buying a poetry book and realizing, Hey, you know, maybe this speaks to me and bringing a friend, um, to one of our programs, even virtually we had, um, we had a reading this April, um, featuring poet Stacey Ann Chin. And what was one of the most delightful, um, experiences of that reading is that one of the members of the audience, the zoom audience, it was her 51st birthday and she invited a bunch of friends. I think she had 17 friends like for her birthday, join in and, and watch this poetry reading with us online. So word of mouth, I, w- I would say is, is definitely um, as valuable and as um, in-person contribution. And we call it friend raising. Um, oh. And so, yeah. <laughs> Good. You know, I wanted to tell you just before we um, close that I think that the director must have written my poem because the initials are PSC. He did. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so, excited to listen to it again. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's, it's just great. Um, well, we, uh, I wanted to ask you also how you're doing because I know you're very pregnant. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, uh, seven and a half months. <laughs> I'm doing great. This Good. baby's been really easy to carry. Um, and, you know, pandemic po- uh, pregnancy 
a little bit unorthodox, mm-hmm. but um, I'm happy to be home and comfortable and Good. Um, things are going well. So thank you. Good. I'm glad. I just, you know, we just can't thank you enough for being a part of our show and we love to give back. And this is, like you said, we're doing the ultimate friend raising here. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much, Melody. It's been really nice talking to you and learning more about this because I, there's just so much going on and your website is fantastic. Everybody can see the videos and all the examples of the things that we just talked about. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. You You have a great day. Beautiful. That's a great segment. Absolutely. Lainey does it again. Fabulous. So when we come back, we're going to do the 305's Hidden Treasures. You won't want to miss that because you'll know exactly um, which one it is. (laughs) With hundreds of brokerages, thousands of agents, how do you cut through all the noise? One Premier International Realty, a boutique real estate brokerage located in Coral Gables, doing business the old-fashioned way. Putting people first. Buying, selling, or leasing residential and commercial properties in Miami-Dade, Broward, and Monroe counties? One Premier International provides each customer a high level of service and communication experience with full-time agents from around the world bringing their unique sense of business skills and a foreign customer base. One Premier International Realty. You've heard of private banking. Now experience private brokerage, a higher level of service and knowledge. One Premier International Realty, 305-669-0233 or go online to www.onepremierinternational.com. What is poetry? Poetry is words that are empowered, that make your hair stand on end. And who builds community through literature? Oh, Miami does. In fact, the New York Times writes, if you live in Miami and do not read, recite, or listen to a poem in April, something has gone seriously wrong. Based at the Betsy Hotel on Miami Beach and funded by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Oh, Miami produces a world-class poetry festival, a publishing imprint, educational, and a podcast to expand access to literature in Miami by rethinking the role of literary arts in society. NPR says it's unlike any festival you've ever heard of, and New Times voted it the best festival in Miami and the best place to meet intelligent men. Oh, Poetry's annual festival. The name Oh, Miami doesn't say poetry. It is poetry. Oh, Miami. For more information or to be part of Oh, Miami, visit ohmiami.org. What's better than a donut? A gourmet donut. And there's only one place to get the most authentic gourmet experience. Voted into one of the 50 places to eat in Miami before you die. Get your mojo on with the mouth-watering, taste-but-tantalizing, and sinful experience of a lifetime at Mojo Donuts and Fried Chicken. These award-winning concoctions of savory and sweet, making your mouth explode with joy. Save the best for first. Start with the Deco Delight with white chocolate, fresh berries, and frosted flakes. They're great. Or my favorite, the Flantastic, with real flan inside. Mm. If it's good enough for J-Lo, Mojo Donuts and Fried Chicken. Offering sit-down and takeout services seven days a week at 8870 Bird Road. Call 305-223-MOJO. That's 305-223-6656. Or visit mojodonuts.com. Mojo 
D-O-N-U-T-S dot com. From this moment on, consumers will expect it and sellers will demand it. Cinematic video walkthroughs for all of your listings. Professional photography, cinematic video walkthroughs, on-camera video tours, and professional voiceover narration. I'm Ernie Emad, head of BlueHourStudios.com. Blue Hour Studios is a progressive visual and audio powerhouse producing high-end video and audio productions. Become an expert in your field with a professionally produced podcast from our studio in Coral Gables. Call Blue Hour Studios today to elevate your image and voice. BlueHourStudios.com we're back with more of the scoop on miami find our podcast on itunes and on youtube as a video our facebook page and the scoop on miami.com while there don't forget to subscribe share and like our podcast channel and now here's ernie enak and lady rada Okay, we are back. I wanted to give a shout out to my very special friend, Dr. Paul George, who is the resident historian at the History Miami Museum, who I made friends with purposefully. (laughs) (laughs) I have been on more of his tours than any person I have met so far, but he has a lot of them, and I have been following him and going on all his tours for for 20 years. Uh, probably 21 years. So I always want, I always think about him every time I do the show because there's nobody like him. He's got all the info. So I just have bits and pieces, but he's a great, great friend and a supporter. Well, doctor, you have somebody uh, (laughs) chasing you right up your tail because you are so knowledgeable about Miami. Um, And uh, give us uh, the entire um, bill of goods with this uh, Miami's 305's hidden treasure. Oh, well, it's just, I thought about this place this week because finally the beaches in Miami are going to open on June 1st, and we'll see how that goes because this is all touch and go with all the different regulations and all that that everybody's aware of. But um, this is one of the quietest, prettiest, cleanest uh, beaches that we have. So I wanted to to uh, draw your attention to a special place there. I'm glad you uh, also... Uh uh, said the Spanish version of uh, today's oh, yes. 305s in Treasures. And now it's time for the 305s. The 305 Hidden Treasures. Hidden Treasures with Lainey Rada. Often ranked as one of the 10 best beaches nationwide, Bill Bagg's 400-acre national park is the place to find Cape Florida. Named by Ponce de Leon during his first Spanish expedition to Florida in 1513, it is found at the southernmost tip of Key Biscayne. Today's hidden treasure is the Cape Florida Lighthouse. The lighthouse guided sailors around the reef. This cultural landmark is the oldest structure in Miami 
erected in 1825 and added to the National Registry of Historic Places. It has survived 200 years of erosions, dozens of hurricanes, an attack of the Seminole Native Army, civil war battles, an explosion of lantern oil and gunpowder, and harrowing and heroic times. The lighthouse is 65 feet tall and had wooden stairs to serve as a lookout for pirates. Built to save lives and ships, the light also beckoned others to this avenue of escape. Bill Baggs Park was where Seminole Indians secretly gathered to remain in their Florida home. Runaway slaves and black Seminoles gathered there before taking safe passage to the British Bahamas. Eleven years after opening, a lightkeeper came. They were the first American family to live in Key Biscayne. Seminoles attacked, burning the wood and pillaging the cottage. Florida seceded from the Union in 1860. It was damaged again by Southern sympathizers. It has been in and out of service a hundred years in its time. It was finally restored and reopened in time for Miami's centennial celebration in 1996. The Lightkeeper's Cottage is a replica that takes you back 200 years in a time capsule. The park is a state recreation area, so it's enjoyed by boaters, kayakers, bike riders, fishing off the seawall, and on foot. There's plenty to do, see, and enjoy here with many accommodations and rental services. Lighthouse tours are twice a day. There are 109 steps to climb to get to the most breathtaking views toward every direction of the city, accompanied by tales of sinking ships to carry you away. Bill Bags is a public park, but you can actually rent time and privacy to include the lighthouse on your special occasion. El Farito, as the Spanish speakers call it, is waiting to take you back to the original history of our shores. It is always a beautiful day at Bill Bags. I don't know when's the last time any anybody's been there, and some people might have never been all the way down there to that tip. There's a lot to do at that park. Tremendous, uh, yeah, and it's it's a beautiful place, and you wouldn't think that you're in Miami when you're looking at the lighthouse and looking at that ocean expanse. It's just gorgeous. I have always thought the lighthouse is so unique because I've always um, associated lighthouses with up north for some reason. You always see them in pictures in Rhode Island or yep. something. Mm-hmm. So to have that as the oldest structure in Miami, that's something to take note of. That that's something I learned uh, in this segment. <laughs> uh, it is the oldest structure in Miami. Did not know that. Yeah. That was fantastic uh, 18 when oh don't ask me <laughs> don't quiz me now hey you quiz me every week and i fail i think it's 1823 or something I, that's why i read him hey listen we have a fabulous show next week laney what do we have <laughs> oh we have um a psychotherapist that uh we just the, next week is all about uh being in your head because we have a lot of things going on in the world today. So Dr. Monica Kreinberg, she is a psychotherapist that is, has a mind wellness center and has an interesting practice. And we also have Mark and Kiki Ellenby, who are the directors of Transcendental Meditation Miami. They have been teaching uh, Transcendental Meditation for 45 years, and they also have a grove. They are fantastic, interesting farmers of LNB groves. So we're going to talk to both of those people and get into your head.
And don't forget Miami Rewind, Eleni Rada's 305's Hidden Treasure, and a host of other great things. We are so excited at week number 11. Don't forget to look us up as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Ask Alexa to play the Scoop on Miami. Mm -hmm. Go to the scooponmiami.com. You could see all of our episodes there. You can listen to the episodes as well. And you can always go to the guest links pages where every single guest that we have here has a link to their webpage, uh, their phone numbers, so you can get a hold of them if you weren't able to do that. And you can leave your comments as well. Anything else you want to touch on? That's it. My friend Jack told me that I should have a tip jar. Okay, so just so, so I could have one right here for, for people to leave me a tip. He's a crazy Kentucky boy. Oh, I was thinking about <laughs> uh, that you were going to give us tips every week. Oh, no. <laughs> He's talking about money. <laughs> hey, that's fantastic. Thank you again for joining us this week on The Scoop on Miami, as we do every single Friday around 1 o'clock. And again, as a podcast later today on iTunes, you can go and watch this on scooponmiami.com and also on our uh, YouTube page. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, everyone. We hope you were entertained, informed, enriched, and proud to live in Miami. We have come to the end of another episode of The Scoop on Miami with your host, Ernie Emad, broker, owner of One Premier International Realty, and Lainey Rada, a leading edge broker associate with Douglas Elliman. Thank you for riding alongside our journey. If you know of a special person doing wonderful things in our community or want your business featured, visit thescooponmiami.com and contact us. Find The Scoop on Miami on iTunes. Subscribe, share, and like our podcast channel. While there, leave a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And now you have The Scoop on Miami.